0: Good morning, church. It is an exciting day. A lot of different things going on. Some membership. Um, we've got some baptisms here, and I'm going to invite the family of um, Jagger and Palmer to come up and join us here. That's going to be joining us. I, I know Thad's going to be praying, so at least you come up, Thad, if the rest would like to. I think we have pretty much everybody here, so we're excited about this. I, you know. Palmer's one of those that has been the same age, it seems like, the entire time I've been here. Uh, it seems like you've been this age, and so, uh, you know, I'm excited to see you and Jagger baptized this morning and make this public announcement as to your faith. Before we do that, we, we want to present another All-In Award, and I'm, I'm going to ask Rodney and Linda Gilman to come up, if they would. This is like, come on down! Rodney and Linda are involved in so many different activities in the church, and uh and so we just want to thank you and let, we, let you know that we see uh, you're all in. Uh, we see you painting. We see you praying. We see you leading with our kids and doing different things in the church. Uh, you've been involved in so many different areas. You see Rodney sometimes over there sitting on his, the bass playing. And uh, we appreciate all that you guys do. Uh, you, you, you handle our loving ministry. You make sure people are cared for. You take people to the hospital, to the doctors. You visit nursing homes. All these different things that you do are appreciated. And besides that, you do it with such a good attitude. Don't they, you know, they're they're so kind and loving, and we want you to know we genuinely love you folks, and we appreciate you, and and we see what you're doing. Let's give them a hand, and uh, God bless. Anything you want to say? Let me get a mic right here. I'm talking to
1: Amy. We love you guys, too.
0: (laughs) Okay, (laughs) all right. Thank you, Rodney.
1: My name is Jagger Hicks, I'm getting baptized today, and I just think it's the next step in my life that God's teaching me to be more like him and show others uh, I'm being an example. And an example to that is in eighth grade, um, I I was wanting to pray, but I was kind of nervous in front of our team, but I did anyway because in the Bible it says, if you deny me in front of your father or in front of others, I'll deny you in front of my father and I did anyway, and I felt better about it, and the game went well. And what I learned from that was that like, God's continuously working and challenging me to do things. I have decided to follow Jesus, and the reason I'm getting baptized is so that I can show others and tell others how Jesus and God are working in my life. Um, One time God was helping me in my life was Like just like when I ask him to help me when I'm having a hard time, it's nothing like I still feel bad. I still, I start to feel better and better and better as the day goes on. And people that can encourage me is my mom, my dad, my two brothers, Sarah, Bubby, my grandma and grandpa, my grandma, Joy and my grandpa, Dave, my grandma, Connie, and yeah. Those are the people
2: that encourage me, and that is why I want to get baptized. The next step in their faith journey is to uh, make this public uh, confession that they have decided to follow Christ. And we believe that this is just a uh, an outward symbol of what's going on inside of, of these guys and how God is working and how His grace is working in their lives. And so it is my uh, privilege to get to baptize them today. Thad, why don't you uh, go ahead and come up here? I'm going to baptize both of them. And then Thad, uh, is going to pray for them. So that is their uncle, and so we feel it's important. Oh yeah, that's, family, if you guys would, uh, if you guys would also come up and kind of over here and stand, that would be great. Any family, all family, that would be wonderful. Um, the reason we do this is because we believe that uh, we believe that the spiritual life. There's more than just us as pastors or just one individual who are involved in, in this moment, um, but it truly is a church family thing, it's a it's an actual family thing, um, all people who are contributing in this walk with Jesus, and so we, uh, we're glad to have you guys as a family here supporting us, and then uh, after we baptize both of them, Uncle Thad, or Bub, as he's so affectionately known as, um, is going to pray a blessing over them, all right? Jagger, you go ahead. Jagger, baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Father, what a wonderful opportunity to to get to see uh, my little niece and nephew make a public pronouncement that they are followers of you. I uh, thank you so much for that. I, I I thank you for calling them to you. I, I thank you for this church family that has shown uh, what it is to be Jesus in their lives, and that as they continue to grow, that their, their relationship with you will grow deeper, and uh, who knows, maybe you'll use them uh, in some faraway land to spread your, your word in the name of Christ. Amen.
1: song that we haven't sang for a really long time, but I'm pretty sure y'all are going to know it. Um, I love this. this. This is so fitting to me for a morning of baptisms because this is this is our story, that our Savior has saved us, right? And we live differently because of that. So sing with me.
3: Blessed assured
1: broken record when I say that I feel like I I get an unfair vantage point because I get to stand here and see your faces and know your story and so I see you raise your hand and say this is my story and and attest to God's faithfulness and I'll be honest church that strengthens me seeing God's faithfulness in your life and so wow I just want to encourage you It is okay if in the midst of worship as we're singing if you turn and you look around to your fellow fellow believers here here in this place um, this is a good thing that we're gathered together to praise his name so I'm gonna read really quickly um, from James I'm not gonna read quickly I just mean I'm not gonna take a lot of time here but I'm gonna read from James chapter 5 starting at verse 13 is any one of you in trouble he should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Let's not forget that, church, as we continue praising that our prayers, our our songs of praise, our pray—that's that's prayer offered up just with melody to it. Um, so let's sing this together.
3: Oh, how high would I climb mountains if the mountains were where you are? And oh, how Skill the valleys if you grace the other side. And oh, how long have I chased rivers from lowly seas to where they rise against the rush of grace descending from the source of its supply. Cause in the heart
1: Let's continue our prayer together with one voice. Oh God, you declare your almighty power chiefly in showing mercy and pity. Grant us the fullness of your grace that we, running to obtain your promises, may become partakers of your heavenly treasure. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever.
4: Amen. Good morning, everybody. Uh, My name is David Smith. You may see me around here a few times. Uh, I've been going to this church now for quite a few years. Um, I'm an introvert with a dry sense of humor, which I use to get through public events like this, so don't mind me up here. I also roast the house blend coffee in the church, in case you didn't know. Which if you like it, I would love to hear from you. Um, If not, then, uh, well. uh, Anyway, so that's not why I was invited to come up here. I was invited to come up here and talk about communion, which is actually one of my favorite um, uh, practices in the church. And I've got the honor and privilege to participate in many different types of communion settings, all the way from uh, Jewish synagogues with really amazing bread to uh, just the typical church service where you have like the little uh, cup or the little cups with the juice at the bottom and you peel the top off and there's like a little piece of bread or a cracker or something like that. Um, All good, but these are meant to be symbols, uh, symbols of Christ's body and blood shed for us. And so for for me, communion has been uh, this call to an invitation to death, which isn't appealing. But let me let me explain here a little bit. Um, one of the other things I've got to do is I've got the privilege to travel to Israel, and I got to see all the sceneries there. Got to uh, you know see the place where Jesus was crucified and resurrected, and so many other amazing places and that's actually one of my favorite uh, memories of going there. There's actually, If you didn't know, there's actually two places right now, if you go there, where they all say that like, Jesus was crucified and resurrected here. I'm only going to focus on the one. If you're curious about that, feel free to ask me after service. But uh, my, my favorite memory is the church that has where uh, Jesus was crucified and resurrected at. It's like two churches in one. It's two small churches encompassed in this very large church. So the where Jesus was re- resurrected is in this like lower section and then where Jesus was crucified is in this upper upper level. And I remember going up there because you can go and actually put your hand on the spot where Jesus is believed to have, you know, been crucified at. And you have to wait in a line and there's like gold and silver pieces hanging from the ceiling, and you have like this giant mural in the background painting the scene for you. And it was a really amazing spot, and I remember being so giddy and excited to go up there and touch this uh, spot where Jesus was, because, you know, this is, first of all, a very rare moment, you don't get to do this all the time. But, you know, as I was sitting there waiting in line, you know, I f- began to feel the weight and the burden of Jesus' cross on me and you know I was debating on you know what do I say even when I get up there and then also I started thinking about you know what can I even say when I get up there and touch this this spot where Jesus was and as I began to draw closer to the this spot I just had this image of Jesus standing before me with the marks in his hands the marks in his feet the marks of the thorns in his head. And just that image alone gave me a sense of peace. And it's a reminder of what communion is. It's an invitation to remembrance of what Jesus did on the cross for us, but it's also a remembrance of what we are called to live. We're invited to also go carrying our crosses, to die to ourselves, and to be the images of jesus to the world by sharing our own marks as well and as we transfer transition into communion i invite you to reflect on that image as well
0: we're going to receive communion at this time and um, i love those words david to, to to be at the place where jesus was and and once again, he invites us through communion to be at the place where he is, uh, that, that God is present in this moment, that God is present in this, this act of communion, that this isn't just symbolic, But we believe as, as Wesleyans, that, that we don't believe as the Roman Catholic church that the, the elements become the body of Christ, but we truly believe that Jesus is present in this moment. And so we celebrate that. And so we'll receive it like we typically receive it. You'll come from the back, and uh, we'll just invite you to stand. We have an open table here. You don't have to be a member. You just have to be a, a genuine seeker of, of God. We believe this is a means of grace, that, that in this act, that as we receive it in, gra- in faith, that God can transform us. And so I'd encourage you uh, to, to be mindful of your spiritual state. Don't take this in, in, a, in a lesser than uh, way, but take it in a way that's serious. I'm gonna read some scripture and then I'm gonna invite you to come. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death he comes. Lord, this is a serious moment. It's serious because you're here. It's a joyous moment because in your presence, we find grace and mercy for our souls. Help us now, Lord, to receive these elements with clear hearts, uh, committed to you, uh, allowing you to do your work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, you come and receive the cups, and then I'll give you instructions on receiving Uh, after you're seated. So you can begin now.
3: Hear the good news You've been invited No matter what Others may say Your darkest sins Will be forgiven You will always have a place at the table of grace the cuff's never empty the plate's always full and it's never too late to come and be filled with the love never ending you're always welcome at the table of grace so come you weak and heavy-hearted don't try to hide your earthly scars for in his eyes we all are equal Don't be afraid, come as you are. At the table of grace, the cup's never empty, the plate's always full, and it's never too late to come and be filled with a love never-ending. You're always welcome at the table of grace. So let the first become the last, and let the poor put kings to shame. Their willing hearts will be their treasure. By the power of Jesus' name At the table of grace The cup's never empty The plate's always full And it's never too late To come and be filled With His love never ending You're always welcome at the table of grace yes you're always welcome at the table of grace
0: Lord Jesus Christ, which was broken for you, be be thankful. The blood of Jesus. Without the shedding of blood, there can't be forgiveness of our sins. And Christ shed his own blood on our behalf so that we can be forgiven and reconciled with one another and with our Heavenly Father. Drink and be grateful. Lord, this is your moment. You're the host, you're here. Lord, help us to live this grace, to live this communion, to be broken, to be spilled out so that others can experience your goodness. Now, Lord, the rest of this service, it's yours. We've sensed your presence in the baptisms, in the all end moment, in the, in the receiving of communion, the singing of songs and the prayers. And now, Lord, as as we look into your word just for a few moments, uh, may we once again hear from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, usually when communion's done, that means service is done. I'm sorry it's not. uh, Art, you can't go. It's not over yet. (laughs) Okay, okay, right so we're doing a little bit different order today and uh you know i like to every once in a while do it a little bit different and receive communion in different times in the service and and um let's we'll start with scripture today about midnight paul and silas this is in acts 16 about midnight paul and silas were praying and singing hymns to god and other prisoners were listening to them suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken to be saved, they replied, "Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household." Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all to all the others in the house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately, he and all his household were baptized. What an awesome story! We've we've heard this story many times in our life. it's, it's one of my favorite passages and and often I refer to this ideal of praising God and God lifting them from their prison in the midst of their praises. But there's a backstory to this. Uh, You you see, Paul, Saul, is central in this story. And and, and Saul, Paul, is this persecutor of the church. And, And we use the phrase persecutor, it's more than just saying bad things about the church. Paul is a murderer he murdered he killed christians well we see this in the story of stephen and and paul is there when they stone and they kill stephen he's a murderer and stephen's only one of the names we have there's many other names where paul is instrumental in their death merely because they're christians we know that saul paul Is converted. Can I just call him Paul from now on? So I don't have to go with names. Paul is converted on the road to Damascus, on his way to persecute more Christians. And he he gets saved and, and 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 he's in Damascus and he's 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 reasoning with Jewish people and he's he's talking about Jesus and they have to smuggle him out over the wall because they're going to kill him. He's not accepted by the Jews. As a matter of fact, that the Christians, because Paul is so hyperactive in his faith, so willing to share, send him out in the desert. And for years, years, Paul is growing in the bosom of the church, being discipled. He's had this great experience. I mean, not many of us have experiences where we're blinded, right? Paul has this dramatic experience, but but it's not in this dramatic experience that Paul is formed, but he's formed in a church that loves him and surrounds him and disciples him. Why am I saying that? Folks, you can't get by with great experiences. You need a church. You need people surrounding you. If Paul could not have done what he's done, he did without a church, with his experience. Let me tell you, my experiences is Pell in the light of the Damascus Road. So for years, he's waiting. He's learning that the, the time's just not right. And, and then eventually him and Barnabas go off on a missionary journey. Uh, in his missionary journey often his teaching is challenged particularly by jewish believers you know it's it, it's it's too soft on the gentiles it's, it's not requiring enough out of gentile believers and and often he's challenged and and and, and imprisoned and beaten and we come to acts 15 and there's a there's a council a jewish council and, and the jewish council comes out and says listen we're not going to put all the jewish laws on gentile believers all of you who like bacon say amen right you know we're not put all the jewish laws on on gentile believers you know we're not we're not that's not the intention that the, the jewish law served another purpose and so, you know, there's some very limited things that we're going to ask them to do, but, but, but this is a faith thing, and, and the Spirit will guide them in how they need to live. And, and so Paul is vindicated, and then he's ready to go on another journey with Barnabas. But Barnabas wants to take John Mark, and John Mark had abandoned them. And Barnabas, this son of encouragement, saying, Paul, we've got to take Mark. We've got to take John Mark. And and Paul said, I'm not going with him. I don't trust him. And there's this division, this fight between Paul and his good friend Barnabas. And and Paul ends up going not with Barnabas, but Silas. And Barnabas goes another direction with John Mark. And, And it's... Still to mainly Jewish people or people connected with synagogues, and, and there's still not this overwhelming ministry to them. There's, there's some conversions here or there, but primarily it's Gentile people that are accepting this. And, and Paul's wanting to go to Asia. in His heart, that's where he wants to go. He wants to go to Asia, and God says, no. God ever tell you no? It's a bummer, right? God says, no, you can't go to Asia. I want you to go to Europe. And so Paul ends up. In Europe, and there's this first convert in Europe. Can I give you that name? Who's the first convert in Lydia? Or oh, sorry, Europe. Lydia. So, uh, I just gave it to you. Lydia is this first convert in Europe, and he's preaching and, uh where Lydia lives, and and there's this slave girl that's following him around, and and uh, she's possessed by demons, and and she has an owner that's using her to to tell fortunes, and. And this slave girl's following them around, and she's saying, listen to these guys, they're prophets of the Most High God. That's a pretty good thing to be said about you, right? You'd pray, hey, yeah, I feel pretty good. But after a few hours or a few days of it, Paul's sick of it. And he turns and casts this demon out of this young girl, and, and no longer does her owner have a valuable commodity. And so it turns the town against Paul and Silas because... They're losing money now. And so they're arrested. They're severely beaten. They're chained in a dungeon. And that's where we pick up. You know, there's a lot in Paul's past that could have stopped him guilt. You know, there there should be severe guilt. You know, you murdered somebody, you murdered Stephen, you murdered others, you, you were wrong. Guilt could have stopped him. Rejection. How many times was Paul rejected by Jewish folks and and through his ministry and then even other Jewish leaders? You know, when Paul was converted, initially the apostles wouldn't see him, but Barnabas took him to him. So he's rejected over and over, and primarily his impact is not with Jewish people but with Gentiles. Relationship issues. You know, this whole thing with Barnabas. And you know, you know, we we live in this illusion that the church has to be this place where there's never any stress or any conflict or any differences of opinion, that that if somehow there's differences of opinion in the church, that somehow we've fallen from grace and from God. And the reality of the story of God is oftentimes there's conflict and there's stress and there's disagreements. It's how we walk through those things that matter, folks. It's not that we have to always see things the same, but how do we walk through these things and still love one another? But this relationship issue with Barnabas and John Mark, this could have been enough to stop Paul. Failed dreams. Anybody have any dreams that failed? You know, at one point I wanted to qualify for the Boston Marathon. Didn't happen. I couldn't get the speed. You know, that, that could stop me and say, well, I'm, just, I'm not going to exercise or I'm not going to do this. But, you know, you, you've got to keep going forward. And Paul's still going forward. He wanted this revival with the Jews. And if you read Paul's letters, he's got this deep desire for the Jewish people. And he never really reaches them. Others do to a certain degree. But, but the revival is with Gentiles. He's got this deep desire to go to Asia. And God sends him to Europe. Unfair circumstances. Anybody raise your hand and say, I've got some unfair circumstances right now, right? All he's doing is preaching the good news. His crime in this instance was casting a demon out of a little girl. And here he is, beaten. You know, sometimes we forget that. We say, oh, he's in jail. Beaten, severely beaten in jail in a dungeon facing death. All of these things. All of these things could have stopped Paul. But new life, what must I do to be saved? The jailer and his entire family are baptized, happened, despite all of these things, despite Paul's disappointments and difficulties. This this witness to the jailer and his family, this fruitful ministry in Europe that changed the world, that changed your world. Why? At the end, before the jailer's dramatic conversion, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. All of us have things we'd like to forget, right? Is guilt holding you back? Is there something in your past that that you've given to God and he's forgiven you, but you just keep bringing it back? Have Have you ever been rejected? Is there rejection in your past that's still holding you back? All of us deal with relationship issues. If you have people that live around you, you have relationship issues from time to time. Are you holding on to something that God's asking you to let go of? All of us have felled dreams expectations, desires that don't quite work out the way we want? Are your past failures dragging you down to the point that you can't be God's instrument today? Are you stopping moving? All of us deal with unfair circumstances. And what we see in the story of Paul is at the edge of all of these difficulties, at the end of all of these difficulties, at this point where he just keeps going, new life is possible if we just keep trusting let me ask you are you still trusting uh it shows the my age and the age of my boys but you know the 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 disney movies that that i relate to are like finding nemo anybody remember finding nemo all right that's about my boy's age and you know, it's funny, I, I probably heard more of those movies than I saw because we had a van with a video, and so as we drove, we'd play videos. So I know that I could, I could probably speak the lines in most of those movies and not know what the scenes look like. But you, you know, the, the story, it's uh, Dory tells him, just keep swimming. You know, there's a line in the movie, just keep swimming. <laughs> and my encouragement to you today is just keep trusting. Uh, past del- guilt, past rejection, Past failed dreams, past relationship issues. Just keep trusting. Paul and Silas singing praises at midnight in a jail cell after being beaten at the edge of disappointment. They just kept singing. And God delivered, and not only did God deliver them, God delivered a jailer and his family. So how are you doing? we have just a few minutes for space, and then we're going to be bringing some new members in, I believe, if they've come in here at the end. I think Gene's out there. So let's, let's um, all bow our heads, and we're going to just give God some space. I'm going to ask Ryan to put some music on. Maybe there's something you're dealing with. Maybe there's some guilt. Maybe there's a past rejection. Maybe there's a failure. Maybe there's something that you're just trying to figure out your way through. And I'm going to give you some space to pray before I close this in prayer, and then we receive new members it's easy to stop. But when circumstances go wrong, when, when circumstances seem unfair, when relationships go south, Lord, when we've just messed up, when we've sinned, there's times in our life that... Um, The tempter says, just stop. This isn't working for you. But the invitation of this graceful story that we're invited to be a part of is to have hope even at the edge of disappointment, when things seem broken to a point that nothing good can happen, the story invites us to trust a God that's working all things out for our good and His glory. The God who can take every circumstance that we face and use it in a way that we can find peace and perfection in moments of trust. So Lord, the reality of this room the reality of my life and the life of those sitting in these chairs is there's ups and downs. There's good and bad. There's rejection and failures. There's sins. There's relationship issues. There's unfair circumstances. That There's times like Paul and Silas that we feel like we've been beaten down and we're in the prison cell. And this story, and not just this story, but many others, invites us to praise, to trust, even in the midst of these difficulties. Lord, help us. Help me. Help me to be a person, Lord, that um, just keeps trusting. No matter what's thrown at me, no matter what happens, I'm just going to keep trusting you because I know at the end of trusting you, there's life. Not just for me, but for others. So be with us now, Lord, in the rest of this day as we go to Sunday school classes, as we, we go from this place uh, may we sense your presence, may we live towards your presence. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Jim and Lori, come on up. Um, the Durst have been members of the Delaware New Start Church, and so they're, they're transferring membership over here to us. Typically with a, with a uh, transfer membership, you don't go through the same ritual uh, that you typically do. But I've been doing the ritual because I think it's a good reminder to us all to what it means to be part of a church. Uh, You know, the the church is not a human invention. It's God's invention. And and, and church is not something we have to do. Church is something God gives us as a gift. And I think oftentimes we we miss that, that, that when we have a church that we can be a part of, that we can serve in, that we can give in, that we can worship together, there is so much value and importance in that. And so I think it's important that every three months or so that I'm reminded, that you're reminded, that our new members are reminded of what it means to be part of a church. And so I'm going to go through this ritual. You guys have probably done this a long time ago, haven't you? The privilege and blessings that we have in association together in the church of Jesus Christ are very sacred and precious. There is in it such hallowed fellowship as cannot otherwise be known. There is such helpfulness with brotherly watch, care, and counsel as can only be found in the church. There's the godly care of pastors and with the teachings of the Word and the helpful inspiration of social worship. And there's the cooperation and service, accomplishing that which cannot otherwise be done. The doctrines upon which the church rests is essential to Christian experience are brief. We believe in God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We especially emphasize the deity of Jesus Christ and the personality of the Holy Spirit. We believe that human beings are born in sin, that they need the work of forgiveness through Christ and the new birth by the Holy Spirit, that subsequent to these, there is the deeper work of heart cleansing or entire sanctification through the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and that to each of these works of grace, the Holy Spirit gives witness. We believe that our Lord will return. The dead shall be raised, and that all shall come to final judgment with its rewards and punishments. Do you heartily believe these truths? If so, answer, we do. Do you acknowledge Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and do you realize that He saves you now? So say we do. Desiring to unite with the Church of the Nazarene, do you covenant to give yourself to the fellowship and work of God in connection with it as set in the covenant of Christian character and the covenant of Christian conduct of the Church of Nazarene? Will you endeavor in every way to glorify God by a humble walk, godly conversation, and holy service, by devotedly giving of your means, by faithful attendance upon the means of grace, and from abstaining from all evil, will you earnestly... Seek earnestly to perfect holiness of heart and the life and the fear of the Lord. If so, say we will. That was easy to say, wasn't it? Um, Church, will you love these people? Will you embrace these people? Will you serve with them, help them find their place, and just continue to encourage them? If you will, say we will. I welcome you into this church, to its sacred fellowship, responsibilities, and privileges. May the great head of the church bless you and keep you and enable you to be faithful in all good works that your life and witness may be effective in leading others to Christ. Let us pray together. Lord, thank you for this moment. Thank you for this great blessing uh, of the Durst. I pray, Lord, that we will be a blessing to them as well, uh, that, that as, as they, we live and do life together, Lord, your Holy Spirit will give us special grace special moments, special times. Now, Lord, be with us as we go through our day. And, Lord, just help us to live true to our commitments to one another and to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Folks, can you welcome the Durst today? Yeah. I'm going, I'm going to do this a little bit different. I'm going to invite you to go to the back wall. And that way, as people leave, they can introduce themselves and, uh, and, and greet you. Folks, You are dismissed, wait for the Durst to get to the back wall, please.